The following content does not count as a tax write-off. Start the show. Yeah, man. Trying to cut them corners. Sorry, y'all. I'm glad I know that now because I've already filed my taxes. <laughs> Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week of foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy, Oz. And I am D. Randall. Due to popular demand, we are announcing the launch of a new Opinions While Black Patreon <laughs> for $100 a month. You can watch us roast the rash on the back of Jason Whitlock's neck. That may or may not look like chili cheese. No, that is not the Mucinex man we were talking about. That is Jason Whitlock. That's Jason Whitlock. So, you know, announcing a Patreon where all we do is roast that motherfucker. Oh, my God. And get in his ass. Figuratively, (laughs) not literally. (laughs) Not literally. We'd have to find it. Yeah. Um, episode 76. 76. Damn. Yep. We're coming along, man. I like how we blaze it through these sevens. Um, how was your week, bro? It was, I mean, it was again another week. It was a week, um, like many other weeks in which there were seven days. And, um, you know, new things at the job, um, you know, new responsibilities. So, that electronic leash is a little tight. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. What about yourself? Um, well, the job is the job, but we've we've we we lost someone else. Um, uh, as as you do in the final season, everybody starts saying their goodbyes. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting month and a half, or maybe two months, or whatever it's going to be. Uh, left here because it's really now down to just all the cranky motherfuckers. Mm, there we go. All the cranky motherfuckers that don't give a fuck. Because all the kids, I call them the kids, because uh, they're all like 25 and under. Um, mm. All the kids have have retreated and said their goodbyes. Um, and they really, you know, we've always all enjoyed each other's company uh, as a whole, as a staff, but the kids in particular did make it a, a more pleasant, upbeat place to work. And now that they have all gone, it's all the old cranky motherfuckers uh, who got 10 years plus in the game. Are you cranky motherfuckers? Uh, I am head cranky motherfucker. Gotcha. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am in charge of morale. <laughs> so, wow. So we'll see how that has, so we'll see how that shit works. Wow. Um, I'm, I think I'm the one who probably I think I'm probably up there giving a fuck not the most but I'm probably one of the ones who gives a fuck the most um cause all the cause all the old people have been there long enough to know how much the company is fucking us in the ass mm-hmm. uh, so it's really just everybody being bitter and miserable and having to eat the bullshit from on high for just a little longer yep uh, until the severance check comes along. Yeah, boy. That's the that's the goal. That's the that's the that's the finish line. 
Gang dash gang. Once this once this uh, direct deposit hit, mm. I'm on vacation. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah, I ain't telling him shit. Not a fucking thing. Um, other than that, man, the week has been the week. Oh, I, I shout out to uh, a loyal member of Team Oz, Mr. Xavier Hunter. Um, I got to stop by and do his podcast. Word, word, word. Um, Sorry, I missed it. The job called me back. Yeah, uh, I definitely got to stop it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were supposed to come through. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the job had to hold on to him, Randall, a little longer. Um, I came through and did a special Dilla Day episode. Uh, we we sat around, chilled. I like what he's doing. I like I, I, um, I, mm-hmm. I like uh, I like where his mind's at with it. it you know, yeah. it's very music based. And we got to wrap up, man. That and the whole time, because I, of course, I am a Dilla aficionado. I'm a Dilla appreciator. But I, I just, I was sitting there. I was like, man, all these little gaps in my memory about Dilla because I didn't get to appreciate him truly until he passed. Mm. Um, I, of course, I knew who he was, and I knew, you know, uh, but. I was sitting there like, man, Randall could chime in with some shit right now. I could have. It's all good though. Um, you know, and 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 we're, and we're doing this. If you're hearing this, it is actually the day Dilla died. Yeah. Uh, February February tenth. Also, the birthday of my rap partner, Big Mun, who's releasing a project today called No Rules. Okay. So bittersweet. Okay. Um, and you know, I we do have to. Uh, just culturally, real quick, recognize um, and appreciate and salute the life and times and work of Mr. James DeWitt Yancey, uh, the God Jay Dilla, who for me, I guess my I guess my connection to Jay Dilla for real is common because for me, I feel like because we all know there's a there's an old school common and then there's Love song comment. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, because he did the light. Yep. I, I feel like for me, that was when, that was the 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 fanfare, the air horns sounding off. That common sound was definitely changing going forward, and I think Dilla brought out the best of his evolution and kind of changed his sound going forward forever. I can see that. Yeah, I, I became aware of JD uh, during Far Side's second album, Lab Cap in California. Yes, classic. Very well produced project. And from there, a lot of us who used to pass tapes around were passing around Fantastic Volume 1 and started hearing, you know, whisperings and murmurs about Slum Village. Yep. Uh, which resulted in the classic, oft delayed. Fantastic Volume 2, a classic by many people's accounts. You know, there's only one dude left alive in Slim Village. Yes, and he was the one that I liked least. Uh, oh, man. T3. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, Slim Village, and Slim Village was dope because I feel like they were, I said this on X's show, but I feel like um, Slum Village was like one of the one of the real poster children, poster children, but on kind of the quietest kept side for that raucous records kind of rapidy rap era mm-hmm. 
that was kind of in answer to the shiny suit era. Right. Yeah, they definitely came came up on the heels of that. Uh, students of a tribe called Quest, Native, Native Tongues. Um, in many ways, JD people feel that JD went on to surpass the teacher, Q-Tip. Kamal. And um, he has definitely, you, you definitely cannot discount his influence on modern hip-hop production. Um, the entire community of SoundCloud probably has him to thank. Oh, facts. And, yeah, man, I mean, we still find new beats from him. It seems like shit every week. I feel, and I said it, I feel like there are a lot of people that owe Dilla um, praise. And I feel like praise them in their work. Um, I've always, that's why I've always appreciated Knife Wonder, uh, uh, DJ Cosmos, What Up Cos. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that side of, because when I hear a Dilla beat, I immediately hear, for me, that I'm about to hear some rapidly rap. Yep. Which is why I'm, you know, which is kind of my shit. Uh, so definitely salute, salute Jay Dilla the God. Um, definitely go on Google if you are not familiar with his work. Um, you, if you, if you listen to anything on my playlist, you probably have something in your repertoire from Jay Dilla uh, that you can, uh, you can, you can jam out to. Yep. Um, Moving forward this week, I would like to give flowers. Um, I, I like to give flowers while they're here. I'm trying to do that every week now. Uh, I want to give flowers to Dwayne Wade, man. Interesting. Dwayne Wade, I have to say, and just maybe it's on the heels of all this girl dad shit. Um, not that. Not that. No, no, I wasn't trying to make a joke there, but on the heels of all this girl dad shit, I feel like. I feel like D. Wade is that dad that a lot of people are trying to set themselves up to look like they are. Yeah. Um, T.I. has been trying to do this shit for years, trying to trying to walk this tightrope between rap, between like trying to be like Bill Cosby or excuse me, Doctor Huxtable, trying to be rap dad on his reality show while looking at his daughter's hymen. While looking at his daughter's hymen. Yeah. No. We good on that. And cheating on his and cheating on his uh, sometimes wife. What? Um, I feel like now, granted, uh, D Wade does have a black mark on his record. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and so let's not glaze over that, really. But I feel like for somebody that has that black mark on their record, I feel like going forward, he has made genuine authentic strides to be a better person, to be a, a, a stand-up husband, and more importantly, a stand-up father. Because this nigga does not give a fuck what you think about his son, and he backs his son up 110%. Right. And I feel like that's the kind of dad, I, if I ever stopped disliking children enough to have one, I feel like that's the kind of dad I would want to be. And he's, you know, he 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 gives equal love to all of his children. You know, there's that son. He has a son that plays basketball that he gives a lot of attention to. He got a young daughter together that gets a shit ton of attention as well. And that's how you should raise your kids. 
the, the thing I like most about it is he, he doesn't exceptionalize the children. Right. It would be very easy for a different type of person to be like, look, man, I just want y'all to know that I have a gay son. And I'm so proud of my gay son and my son being gay, blah, blah, blah. No, it's his son. And him and Gabrielle said that whatever he wants to do, we support him. And he right. left it at that. You should non-exceptionalize it. Because, to me, it's a non-exceptional issue. That is a person being who they are. Don't, tri- don't trivialize it or tokenize it by making it seem like it's something like extraordinary or amazing or an yeah. achievement. No, it is. That's my it's kid. Part of life. I support my kid. So yeah, I definitely want to appreciate Dwayne Wade and all the uh, black dads like him uh, that go out of way to support their son because. Um, Especially, I can say, especially generationally speaking, not everybody had that day. I mean, we like I had a, I, my dad is my dad is wonderful, um, but he wasn't always in a position to support everything I was doing in in the way like a D Wade might because he didn't always understand it, and he didn't come from a generation that really understood yep. things outside of a certain purview. But he always had my back, and I think he, you know, for him, the best thing he could do was do what a dad, what his version of a dad does: keep food on the table, keep a roof over my head, yep, yep, and you know, teach and and make sure that I'm out there learning right from wrong. Um, so uh, I always admire dads. Uh, generationally going forward that can go beyond that uh, not that that's a bad thing but that can go beyond that and really be involved in the in the child's life and what they want to do so yeah many shouts out to you D. Wade um, you earn it you 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 earn that ass eating I'm just, I'm just <laughs> whatever whatever G whatever G Union is doing at night you earn it <laughs> And that is y'all's business. Um, with that said, humans ain't shit. Um, wow. Uh, so it was an interesting week. Yeah. And I feel like we're going through stages. The culture is going through stages of mourning as far as Kobe Bryant goes. And Gail King recently had an interview with Lisa Leslie. I don't know. I used to have a thing for Lisa Leslie when I was a kid. I don't know why. You got a thing for 6'5 women? Well, you're tall, dude. Yeah, I'm tall, dude. <laughs> just, you're tall, dude. Um, and so, um, she asked a question regarding uh, Kobe's rape case. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's just call it what it is. And the response from the culture... Now, I thought... To quote, to kind of uh, paraphrase my editor, I thought there was going to be more of an awkward silence behind uh, just even this line of questioning and this, you know, this coming, the, the whole rape case making the rounds. I did not think there was going to be an uprising against people asking the question that results in like death threats. Yeah. Gail King is getting death threats, y'all. It is it it is the first it's the second week 
as you're listening to this of Black History Month. <laughs> and Oprah's best friend is getting death threats, y'all. We, um, to, to, to clarify a point, um, black people have a complicated history with media. Um, they, black people don't like having curveballs thrown at them or feel like they have curveballs thrown at them. And while, you know, a lot of people who, who are fans of Kobe or supporters of Kobe probably wanted more of a feel-good type interview. Unfortunately for y'all, it's, it's well within Gail's rights as a journalist and, and frankly, responsibility as a journalist Facts. to ask a question. And she asked it very tastefully. She didn't, she didn't ask it in a way that condemned him any more than he's been condemned. She simply asked, you know, a lot of people are, you know, holding very favorable memories of him and talking about his legacy. Does this particular incident put a black mark on his legacy? It's a very fair question. It's not like she was trying to rehash the entire case. She's just saying, like in in the in the public sphere, right? In the collective consciousness, you know, this this moment that at least defined a portion of this man's life does that discount his legacy at all she wasn't even implying that it was you know how sometimes people ask a question implying that it was she was asking does it and Lisa Leslie Leslie very adamantly said no it does not he was a friend of mine and she answered the question now if you were a little miffed about being reminded of Kobe Bryant's um, you know situation Understandable. Sure. Does the does the warrant does the response warrant death threats though? Absolutely not. I don't even think it really res- it really it, it really demands the dragging that she's getting on social media. Like at the most at the most, if you're angry, it it probably merits a. Oh man, why you bring that up? Why you have to right? Why you have to go there? That's that's a little. Snoop call her a punk motherfucker. Sure did. And and I think the thing that upset me the most about this is a complete disregard for not just the victim or in, in the case, but we have to remember when we talk about these things, it's not just the victim. Victims of rape are looking at you. Victims of rape are, are right. acknowledging how you're responding to these things. Right. And going forward, this is this is how a lot of people determine whether or not they are going to come forward. Because they don't want because they don't want this response, depending on who that person is. Right. And to be honest with you, it really put me out because we went through a we went through a lot of for me cliches and tropes that I felt like we would have moved past culturally like the like the one that I love the most where they say well he wasn't convicted we got to stop saying that shit honestly in 2020 if a court decision is your slam dunk for whether or not somebody actually did some shit yep you got to get the fuck out of here. I, I I consider court decisions on what on somebody's guilt or innocence up there with the flip phone. Yep. 
at this point, the justice system is so fucked, it's almost inconsequential. Unless there's actual, like, jail time involved. Like, it's almost inconsequential. George Zimmerman was found not guilty by 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 and one that, of his peers. That's a very good point. George Zimmerman was found not guilty, and we know he shot that little boy. The cops shot Tamir Rice, and the courts and the courts uh, let them off completely. Yeah. So you have to keep the same energy. Either the system's broken or it's not. But to fall back on it because you like how this nigga put a ball through a hoop yep. is insane to me. That's nuts. Um, and just how we discuss rape. First of all, I think the I think the I think the thing that has to be said the most here is that um, is this is this notion. Um, I lost I I lost my my whole train of thought. It's all good. Um, but I just oh that's what it is. I think that the most disgusting part of this is the fact that it's not even about rape. It's about it's just asking the question. And what kills me is that people are treating the asking of the question worse than we treat rape. Very true. And that that's crazy to me because I would think that black people in particular would be more sensitive to this because it sounds exactly like what white people do when they call us race baiting, mm. when they say we're playing the race card, everything isn't about race. When they say that bullshit, that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to demonize and criminalize even posing the question of racism. And that's what you're doing when you tell Gail King she can't ask a fucking question? To play devil's advocate, the court also found Emmett Till guilty. The court did find Emmett Till guilty. That's true. We can't always go with what the courts say, but that's that's just that's just my sensationalized analogy. No, no, that makes sense. But y'all, you know, y'all, y'all gotta chill. Just chill, y'all. Because because the fact that it, it the fact that the argument gets to such a fever pitch is the reason we can't have the discussion. Yeah. And I fell for it. Some niggas, um, I, I, I fell for it and, and, and blasted some rape apologist. Mm. And now he want and, and now he want to come fight me from Dallas. Aww. You know, it's all good. Niggas from Dallas ain't got hands. First of all, he's a Cowboys fan. So right away, I know he doesn't have hands. Aww. Uh, Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys fans just don't have hands um, that's the way it's always been sorry suck my dick um, on that note <laughs> um, I just I just want people to be more careful in how they respond to some of these things just some of the responses I've gotten from this it just doesn't make any fucking sense so let me get this straight mm-hmm we can't talk about rape while the person's alive because mm-hmm. then we're ruining their career. Okay. Or we're ruining their life. True, true, true. Then we can't talk about 
we can't talk about them when they're dead. Oh no, because that's rude. Absolutely. Or it's tarnishing their legacy. They're not here to defend themselves. It sounds to me like y'all just don't want to fucking talk about rape. I know most men don't. Men definitely don't. I am convinced half of the niggas on my timeline are uh, unregistered sex offenders. Just off of how they define uh, consent and what is and isn't consent. You know, there's a saying that says that Every woman that you know, every adult woman that you know, at some point in her life, has experienced sexual assault or rape in some degree. There are a lot of adult women out there. There are also a lot of you niggas out there as well. Some of y'all got some consciences that are a little bit cleaner than they should be. I will say somebody lying. That's all I'm saying. Somebody lying. It ain't, it ain't just a whole bunch of niggas who ain't never did shit to nobody. Right. And every woman you know mm. has experienced sexual assault. Mm. So that means look to your left, look to your right kind of shit. Yeah. Because women outnumber men. I'm going to look straight ahead since I was sitting next to me. I, right. I, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that, doesn't, that doesn't fit here. But I just want people to be more conscious of the things they're saying because somewhere, somewhere along the way... Was that important? No. Okay. Oh, okay. Somewhere somewhere along the way, there's somebody who is a victim that you know. That you know. That is watching you and how you move mm. and how you respond to these things and are taking note. And just because just because they're cool with you mm. and, and just because you're cool to them when it happens to them. Does it, they don't take that as the measuring stick. They want to see how you respond to everybody. Um, so just be aware of that. Ask your mother and your sister about it. Real talk. Mm. Definitely your mother. The answer might shock you. Uh, ask your mother. Ask your grandmother if, if, ooh, you, if you still ooh. got her. If you got the stomach to ask your grandmother. Man, look. It, it's some skeletons in them closets, fam. Uh, um, Song of the week. All right. Uh, jumping in, jumping right into the song of the week uh, in keeping with uh, remembering the legacy of uh, Jay Dilla um, uh, let's do Slum Village okay let's do Slum Village this is Climax hey hey uh, so pour yourself something get real comfortable you're gonna like this you ain't gotta play hard to get I know they, I know you like that. I mm. Oh, that was that was my shit. Um, and we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. You ain't gotta play hard to get. I know you. I know you like the art of sex. I'm putting down my plan like an architect. It's for you. Uh huh. We can all get wet. I got a lot of nerd talking this to you, right? I'm straight up. Huh? This should make sense to you. Girl, you ain't got a front, don't be acting dumb Hey, if you got the good, then I want some I'm trying to get down, this ain't no lie, you die. But I ain't never fucked with a menage squad It's three like the stripes on the eyes, you die. Getting live like we at the Mardi Gras Getting live like we at the Mardi Gras Three is the magic number, ask my partner nah. I be serving that ass like a bartender I'm on it, what will you win? Watch me, yeah. I'm on it, what will you win? Watch me, yeah. Things get so I'm caught up in your game, I'm kinda tango. Maybe it's the way that you sit on the down low. 
saying things to me the one and three would only know I wanna tell you though that these things seem to me Situations get you from point A to B I certainly put a council on that mistake I got a mission of two girls on a high beach Everything's to reach and ain't nobody stopping me They just relax because they know who I got a plan for each Yeah, they relax and know I got a plan for each You know I got a plan for each Thought you knew by 10 was polygamous Which one of you queens coming to get with this? Already got one hole in my ominous But I need a couple to add to my list Take a position in my world of compassion Satisfaction, ecstasy Calling you, calling me I know you yearning for sexual longevity My name is by 10, Rasul, I see Tantra master, sex, two or three Ecstasy, calling you, calling me I know your hubby ain't giving you no action Well for one, he's too damn masculine He need to relax and take some lessons on giving you a climax Climax Village with uh, climax. That was my shit. This is a joint. That was man. That was some smooth ass shit. And honestly, like, I don't think that song gets enough credit for being this kind of perfect blend of kind of the more sexual raunchy shit yep. and rapidy rap. Oh yeah. You know, the of course tribe has had tribe has definitely had definitely explored that you know, with your Bonita apple bombs and what have you. But I feel like just with that Dilla beat, that was just a perfect blend. Yep. My name is Bond Ten Rasu YC. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, and that what, what, that was that was fantastic. Part volume two. Two. That was fantastic. Volume yeah, two. Volume one technically never really came out. Right. It was. It's always kind of been in demo form. But that shit used to go hard too. Um, and I, like I say, Slum Village was just kind of like if ever there were a, a group or an artist that could be directly attributed to the work of Jay Dilla, mm. Slum Village would definitely be that. Oh yeah. And so I definitely attribute. Uh, I definitely attribute Slum Village and Jay Dilla to being a huge part of that whole kind of uh, post-shiny suit era of uh, rapidy rap. Yep. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Slum Village, shout-out to T3, um, holding down for the legacy of uh, of Rockets Records and uh, <clears throat> Mr. J. Dilla. Uh, going forward, let's see. Actually, I will actually as a as kind of a follow up 
to the humans ain't shit portion, I wanted to pose this question because this seems like it's a big part of um, people's defense or people's uh, remembrance of Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Can you apologize for rape? That is a that's a, that's a question with a with a not so simple answer. I mean, I know how I feel about. It. I wanted to. I, I just. I, I wanted an idea of your take. Like honestly, you. I mean, on the surface, you can apologize for anything. Sure. Um. To to me. Ooh, there's a there's a lot of things that you have to look at. For, and we are and, we, and I just just before we go forward, I want to acknowledge we a hundred ten percent acknowledge that this is our cishet male. Uh. uh take on this yep. we're not trying to speak for women we're not trying to speak for black women uh, honestly one day I want to get a black woman on the show uh, to speak to this one day but uh, we got what we got yeah. so this is just kind of our take on it going forward yeah. so bust it um, I know a big part of it has to deal with you know the It has to deal with the the recognition of what actually took place first and foremost. Right. If if we use before the show, we were talking about Kobe's apology in particular, and how you know his apology at the time. For those, I mean, for those who don't remember, it was at the time that the the case was settled. Right. Um, it was understood, you know, by the courts or whomever was involved. That it was a consensual act, um, which may have, for lack of a better term, just gotten out of hand. And the young woman declined to testify and received a settlement. And the case was closed. After the case was closed, um, Kobe still issued an apology. First and foremost, and you, you have that in front of you? I, I I do not. Okay, not a problem. But, but basically, in the apology, first and foremost, he apologized to the young woman, um, explained why he was apologizing, um, explained uh, apologized to his family, and you know one of the most important parts of an apology is acknowledging specifically what you are apologizing for, and in this case, he acknowledged that. You know, in, in his own words, that at the time that the incident occurred, he assumed that everything was consensual. But after the case was done, and after reading through all the discovery and all the facts, and reviewing everything, you know, to exhaustion, he says that now he understands that although his understanding was that it was consensual, he can see why she would consider parts of it to not be the same way. I actually have that part. Okay. Although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. After months of reviewing discovery, uh, listening to her attorney and even testimony, her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter. Mm-hmm. This seems... Uh, now, for me, this seems like a pretty straightforward admission to an absence of... Of consent, right? That he understands after the fact, and he he acknowledges it. 
Um, the other thing we have to remember about apologies is it is not necessarily incumbent upon the accuser or the victim to accept an apology. They have every right to refuse it if they choose. They have every right to accept it. Right. Um, and there are people I remember at the time that he issued his apology who were upset at him for issuing an apology, basically mad for not, you know, for him not doing more than that. Right. And, you know, again, that's a slippery slope in determining what has to be done in order to make something right. I personally don't, I can't think of anything that if someone were convicted of, of rape, I can't think of anything that would necessarily make it right because the deed was still done. But in this case, he did, he, he at least did what is expected of someone in that case. And then, you know, he took a first step in apologizing. Um, and that's, it's, it's tough, y'all, because it's, it's hard to, st- I don't know if anything can erase the stain of rape for someone who has been raped or feels like they've been raped. Um, apologies are only worth the paper that they're printed on, right? so to speak, meaning that they only have the value that the recipient of the apology gives to it. Right. And, you know, we can't say that an apology is good enough for this, but we can at least look at his apology as, you know, it's it's something that hits all the points that you would expect from someone to do so. And hopefully more people, like there are people who are much less apologetic, who don't do shit right. when they have outright fucked some shit up. So, I don't know. What's your take on it? So, and you're right. At the end of the day, um, the apology is only worth really what the person receiving the apology determines it's worth. Um, I guess for me, I would just, and this is for someone who has never experienced sexual assault, um, I would think that the depth of what is taking is what is taking taken away from that person is so deep that I just I have a hard time imagining how much currency an apology could carry. Like, like for me, it's a cycle. It just everything on a psychological and emotional level. You've taken away a person's sense of security. Yep. They'll never feel a hundred. And, and I, again, I don't know this for sure. Right. What I am told and what I have witnessed, they, you've taken away a person's hundred percent sense of security. They're never going to be able to be in an environment and feel a hundred percent safe right. around right. men or around black men or around whoever. You know, if it's a man around whoever committed sexual assault to them, right? They're never going to have that peace of mind back ever again, or maybe they will, and it's just going to take a long time. But I would think that that's going is at the very least that's going to leave a scar emotionally, yep, and mentally. And I feel like an apology can maybe help heal the wound but the scar is still going to be there yeah 
And and for me, what you're giving up in an apology is so short term, it doesn't compare. Right. And I'm a believer in the pun and not only the punishment fitting the crime, but the restitution as well. Absolutely. And in a case like that, I don't know I couldn't imagine how the restitution could match what's taken away. So so an apology for me only means so much and you can never 100% gauge the sincerity of it because we can, we don't we can never be inside of a person's mind yep so there's just so much uncertainty and so much of a gray area around an apology that and that it's hard for me to believe that that can that that can fully restore someone. Maybe it can, and there are some people where I imagine maybe it has, but it just seems far-fetched to me. But I think I just have to get around, I think as far as in comparison to what you're saying, which is 100% valid, I think for me, I just have to get around the depth of the violation. I think the depth of the violation and the, the intent of the violation as well. So if and this is obviously a very minor example. You accidentally step on someone's shoes and you apologize for it. Right. Because it was it was a truly an accident and you didn't intend harm to begin with. Um you know, that's that's an easier apology to accept. Sure. If you um if you have a bad day at work and you decide that you want to shoot someone and then you leave the job and you shoot someone and kill them, right. And then apologize to the family later. It's a little different because you intended to do so beforehand. And while you might be sorry for it now, that apology takes on a whole different realm because there was an intent behind it that um, that led to it happening. Which is why apologies are always nuanced and why we always say, or I, I always say, it's incumbent upon the person receiving the apology right. to give it whatever value it, it deserves. And... Um, so you know y'all can y'all can continue fighting in the comment sections of whatever little threads y'all are, you know, talking about this this apology is valid or invalid or whatever, but it's not really up to you to decide. Facts, and uh, so yeah, um, well we unpacked that we did some serious shit. Uh, onto the mess, niggatry, niggatry, um. Erica Badu is selling candles that smell like her pussy. Uh, I don't know if this is in response to Gwyneth Paltrow doing the same thing. Um, but I can tell you this. Uh, I have been of the mind for some time that black people are in the business of doing things better than white people. Um, uh, I don't feel like Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy has the same uh, has the same rap sheet that Erica Badu's does. You know, I don't. don't. She's making Iron Man money, so that's cool. But Erica Badu's rap sheet is a little longer than that. Yeah, it's a, she's she's changed lives with hers. Would have got would have got maybe Ben Affleck and Chris Martin. Look. I don't want to be in the Dallas metropolitan area when anyone's spraying this shit. 
This shit is like coronavirus. You see what happened to Common. You see what happened to Andre 3000. We still haven't seen DOC, but we know that she, <laughs> she bore a child through him. And Jay Electronica is finally releasing an album, apparently. I don't like that she announced this not only right before Valentine's Day and right before All-Star Weekend, but right on the eve of Jay Electronica mm. announcing that his album is finally out, which I don't believe. I'll never believe it. His album is like the Kingdom Hearts 3 of hip-hop. If he releases an album... I'm going to release an aftershave called Undercarriage. <laughs> Undercarriage. You get to fresh out, fresh out the shower and smell just like my balls. <laughs> Undercarriage. Um, I, I, I don't want any part. And even like the, the way the women are responding to this candle and what they want to wield this power for, I don't believe in magic. But if there's such a thing as magic... I believe Erica Badu has wielded it and is now giving it to the masses now that she doesn't need it anymore. Your least favorite Instagram influencer is about to release her own pussy fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already annoyed at Lizzo and she hasn't even done it yet. <laughs> oh, Lizzo better keep that shit away from me. <laughs> I already want to fuck. So... You don't need no fucking candle. You just somebody from Team Monsters needs to pass her my fucking number. That's all you need to do. Also, what 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 did what did Badu name this? What did Badu name this? Because shit? if she didn't name it Badusi, she lost. <laughs> I do feel like she took a cultural L if she didn't name it Badusi. Hold on, I, I gotta find this out right now. <laughs> If it's not because you know Gwyneth named it some some weird artistic shit. Nah, we ain't got time for that. All right, so I know BET.com is gonna have the accuracy. <clears throat> Are we trusting BET.com for 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 uh, quality reporting? Mm. Okay. Oh, it's it's named Badu's Pussy. No man, it's just named Pussy. That's what it says, Badu's Pussy. It's named but- Badu's Pussy. Wow. It was right there. I gave you. I gave you the layup. That's a thud. That's a. That's a. That's a dull thud. I got a rebound off of that. As such, the incense is named Badu's pussy as quote an olfactory tribute to what Badu calls her superpower. I mean, she's right about that. Uh, she's not wrong. She is not wrong. It should be called Badusi, and that is the name of this episode. And, oh, oh, there it is. It's <laughs> just shit. Um. <laughs> So, uh, if there are any ladies on Team Oz uh, that are brave enough uh, to partake in this item, please hit us up and let us know. Hit him up. <laughs> let me be very clear. <laughs> hit Oz up. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. <laughs> um, and uh, I will definitely read your response Your if you have any kind of... Uh, customer review. I know y'all like to do un- unpackagings and shit. Mm. Uh, unboxings. I would love to get a review from one of you uh, if you are so brave. You open that shit up and it just anthraxes you. Psst. I was gonna say because I'm definitely not buying Because <laughs> I'm definitely not buying it. I, I, I've seen too many of them weird movies like The Craft. Some dude gonna try to buy it for his girl for Valentine's. 
That shit accidentally gets on him. Bruh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Niggas, I know niggas gonna be pulling out the stunts. Don't don't have a room full of badussy. <laughs> they have a room full of badussy around the bathtub and shit. That's how niggas get fucked up. Sign away, sign away your whole check. <coughs> uh, trying to help you out. All Star Weekend coming up. Mm. Uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of these, some of these sisters trying to have a hot girl summer real early. Uh, don't get finessed. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on, man? Uh, oh, Bad Boys for Life is officially the biggest January film ever. Ooh, I'm drinking straight right now. Okay, we can, we can do that. I'm about to drink straight too. Oh, uh, Bad Boys for Bad Boys for Life is officially the biggest January film ever. Now, here's the thing about that. On one hand, uh, congratulations to Martin and Will. And uh, I don't know who directed that shit. Joe Carnahan? I don't know. No. No? Your boy, Bruckheimer. Oh, Bruckheimer came back to do this shit? Yes. Oh, okay. Last time I had ever heard about this, Joe Carnahan was doing it. <laughs> okay. You know what? Let me look that up because I just, I'm drinking straight. <laughs> Uh, we we uh, we're out of soda, so we're just drinking straight. Um, uh, what is this? Jim Beam Peach. By the way, this Jim Beam Peach was donated to us again by a loyal member of Team Oz, Sedina. Oh, that's what's up. Who who uh, gave us the uh, the sangria? Uh, okay. People have noticed that the sangria that the sangria episodes are extra lit. We were both wrong. <laughs> um, it was directed by Adil L. Arby. Oh, okay, all right. We were both incorrect. Okay, good to know. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Got you. Got so you. That's got what. You. And Bill Bannerman. Okay, so we, you know, we tried. Fair enough. Fair enough. We tried. Uh, so, uh, biggest January film ever. On one hand, like I said. Congratulations to Martin and Will. Um, on the other hand, we have to keep it real. Statistically speaking, January is not a big month for film. Hey, take that L when it, take that W whenever you can. <laughs> um, so yeah, if if we gotta take over January and February, let's do that. Uh, but um, so good for them, and I think especially good for them because. I don't think anybody thought this movie was going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm people. I, I did not have any expectations for I this movie. I did not have high expectations for this movie. I still haven't watched it. I have not had high expectations. In fact, in fact my film student uh, slash film, well, really, film director, film aficionado, snob, uh, fan of the art form, went in with no expectations and it just said I saw on his Facebook that he enjoyed it way more than he than he thought he would and he actually it was a fun movie now he still hasn't decided on whether or not it's good in the technical sense but he had a good time it's not a movie that you look to be good in a technical sense that's kind of how I feel man it's like the, the Fast and Furious shit like you don't watch that shit to be technically good you just watch it to be cause it's fun it's escapist entertainment it's fun. It's, it's it's fun. It's a popcorn movie where you can go to the movies, finger fuck your girl, and still have a good idea of the plot. Okay. Okay. Um, well, you know, 
the, okay. the, like the Star Wars prequels. People I'm, do that. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure I finger fucked the chick all the way through Attack of the Clones, and I still had a pretty good idea of the plot. Wow, that's um, so. She was able to uh, stay invested even during Jar Jar Binks. Well, I don't know what she was doing. I, okay. I, I know what she asked for, and I know what I got from the movie. Okay. Hopefully they had some uh, wet wipes, wet naps. I mean, we were like, we were in high school. Oh, that's right. We didn't, we didn't care about that. <laughs> we weren't sanitary, sanitary in high school. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, salute to bad boys. Uh, hopefully, uh, I hear we're going to get a bad boys four. I would not be surprised. I, the way that they left it, it, it really opens the door for it. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, what's going on in the news? Uh, um, Ludacris uh, donated $75,000 uh, $75, worth of music instruments Luda. Uh, to Miami students. Rapper Ludacris. Balloons! This is, this is from becauseofthemwecan.com. Um, rapper Ludacris surprised a group of students in Miami with over $75,000 of musical instruments. The rapper, real name Chris Bridges... Uh, spent his Super Bowl, his pre-Super Bowl time giving back to hundreds of students in the Hialeah Miami Miami Lake Senior High School. Bridges Luda Cares Foundation partnered with live ticket distributor StubHub and Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. That's a foundation, damn. Uh, to donate the instruments. The program started in 2015. So for okay, I have I have to pay it forward, man. I always have. I, I always have to lead by example. I always say with great power comes great responsibility. And I literally just landed in Miami about an hour ago. And this is the first place I came to. Okay. Okay. Uh, even through in the little Uncle Ben reference. I feel you. <laughs> um, I'm, I am, I'm excited about this because I feel like we culturally uh, should be taking more opportunities to invest monetarily in the arts. Yep. Because as far as the schools are concerned, <clears throat> I've been out of school for some time, and this was not the case when I was in school, but uh, I am I am I have it on authority that the arts are dying in schools. Yep. No, oh, they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. For Shit. the most part. I mean, let me okay, I'm I'm that's a little bit of hyperbole. Um they gone. Oh wow. Now they they are they are definitely undervalued, um, really. Unless you go to a school that specializes in it, right, right, right. And and even then, I, I actually I, I don't want to even go. I was going to go on a tangent about the whole arts. Right, got gotcha, you. Um, professional. Shout out, gotcha. yeah. Shout shout out to Ludacris. Um, That's you know, a very exciting thing. As man. as I said, it's it's always refreshing to see people uh, give back to kids, give back to the communities, especially monetarily. And not on some, you know, I'm raising money to do such and such. Just give them money. Just give them some fucking money. Because, you know, them fundraisers ain't, ain't, ain't giving shit to anybody, man. Just give the kids some and shit. And then a lot of those fundraisers have, like, a lot of overhead. Yep. And, like, I, I read something somewhere a long time ago um, that said to be mindful of what organizations you're giving to and how much overhead they have to pay for. Yeah. Because that means only a fraction of the of the money that they see is going to the actual cause, and you don't even have to be you don't even have to be a rich person to do so. 
and I, I promise I'm not tooting my own horn by saying this, but I'm using this as an example. Um, I've got about 5,000 comic books left in my collection. Shit. I only care about 200 of them. I've already put those 200 in the box. And people have been asking me... I mean, I, I put it on Instagram a while ago that I'm, I'm getting rid of them. Okay. And people have been asking me, like, why don't you just sell them? Why don't you take... I, that, that's a lot of hassle. To take boxes of comic books to a store and to get, you know, a penny for each or some shit like that. More or less. I, would, I, I find more value in finding who would get more value in reading them. Um, so, so far... Uh, I've given about 500 of them to my wife who works in the library system. Okay. And there are a couple of book clubs that she that she runs. And she's given that first set of 500 to a bunch of the students that go to the schools. And they were really excited about it. A lot of them were introduced to stories and characters that they'd never even heard of before. Hey. And to me, that's, that's, that's worth a lot more than trying to get... Um, you know, a tax deduction or, you know, whatever it is you try to get out of it. And, Amen to that. And the rest of them, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my niece look through them first or whatever she doesn't want. I'll still donate as well. Cause, and, and, and a lot of us have more than we need. A lot of us have things that just sit around. And if those things can be used to benefit or enhance someone else's lives, by all means, y'all. Let's, all the better for let's it. Let's share, man. We... we we're all in this together. We all have shit we don't need or want, man. Just let the shit go. Shout out to Luda. Luda! Shout out to Luda, man. That's what it is. And, and, and I am not... I am not ignorant of the fact that this came on the eve of uh, the Fast and Furious trailer of course. dropping. I'm, I, he saw that. He saw that and looked at it and, and checked his balance and said, Oh, I'm Gucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who, can we, who can get some of this shit to? Yeah. <laughs> Cause after watching the after after watching that trailer, if I was in that movie, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm straight. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. We get another movie. It's cool." Um, what else is going on? Um, let's see. Let me look at my list. Oh, in, uh, NFL player uh, Larry Fitzgerald purchased uh, some stake in the Phoenix Suns, mm. uh, which means that he is the only. Active NFL player to uh, actively to have active share and be a shareholder in a uh, NBA to be be part owner of an NBA team. That's, that's good. That's dope. That's dope. I like that, man. Yeah. I do. I I like that we are. I I, I like that we're. I, I always say this that these generate these these coming generations and these current generations of athletes are smarter. Are getting yeah. smarter all the time, and they're getting more savvy with their money. And he has a stake in the Phoenix Suns, right? Yes. All right, same market. Yeah, that's smart, man. You know, start, start, start building those investments. Start building a legacy while you still can. Football players have notoriously short careers. Most of them only last about two or three years. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is exceptional. Has maintained, you know, exceptional shape throughout the years. So he's lasted a while longer. Right. And you, you, you love to see someone setting up the course for their future now while they're still in their earning years. So shout out to them, man. That should be the model for a lot more guys. You know, when you get out of one league, invest in another. Be the change that you want to see. And, you know, so and, and it definitely means a lot because that's more of uh, us um, having ownership mm-hmm. in 
a industry in which we are more or less considered hired help. Exploited. Let's say it. Exploited. <laughs> exploited. What was the name of the book? Million Dollar Slaves? Mm. Um, so it's nice to see people trying to turn those tables. And hopefully going forward, uh, we see more of that uh, going on in that in, in that sector. Um, uh, speaking of people uh, spending their money wisely, Rich the Kids management team is suing him. Why? Uh, Rich the Kids, let's see, this is according to Complex. Rich's reps at Blueprint Artist Management have claimed in a new lawsuit that the rapper has shortchanged the company out of millions and violated the terms of their contract, TMZ reports. Uh, the company has alleged that it's owed over $3.5 million in fees from a 27 deal they struck with Rich. And while Blueprint has continuously asked for its money, the rapper has not paid. New freezer. Blueprint is suing for is suing for breach of contract and uh, wants Rich to pay what he, pay what he owes. Uh, Complex has reached out to a rep for Rich the Kid for comment. Uh, oh, this is more shit about his project, his upcoming projects. We don't give a fuck about that. Don't care. Do not care. Uh, world is yours. Something something. Um, yeah, this is another one. I, I, these stories where the money is funny, we're seeing more of this, and the the era of social media is not doing these people that owe money any favors. Nope. Because <clears throat> now I am not familiar with any of Rich Kids music, but I can imagine that among that fandom and among that circle of people that listen to that shit, mm-hmm. that is going to be his story. For the rest of his career, yep. Pay that nigga what he owes, because I know that I know I know as long every time I hear Lee Daniels' name, I'm thinking, did you pay Dame Dash what he what you owe? Yeah, he did. Mm. Did you pay did Did you pay your weekly? Uh, your your have you have you paid him your weekly uh fee? Whatever y'all agreed on. <laughs> Is he charging you interest, Lee Daniels? <laughs> Does it have a balloon payment? What's the APR? <laughs> Does he have to hold something of yours while you're paying him off? <laughs> Did Lee Dales have to give up collateral? <laughs> uh, and, you know, of course we know 50 Cent, will, he wants what he's owed at all costs. That nigga's just petty, man. That nigga's just a petty... You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I want to find I want to find the niggas that shot him and have them, and have them arrested for bad aim. Wow. You shot nine times. He's not dead. Wow. What, what kind of gangster are you? That's, anyway. Um, that wasn't nice, but I don't care. Uh, what else What else we got? We got a uh, uh, pretty good list. There wasn't a lot of mess this week. Chill. Oh, well. Oh, well, um, well. Uh, Moneybag Yo got into a fight with Ari Fletcher. Right. I didn't know. One, I didn't know they were fucking. Uh, two... They were at a Super Bowl party. What, what happened with Megan? Uh, Megan was for oh, that was just G easy shit. Uh, no, Megan, but I'm just saying, like I thought money bags. No, they know? broke it. No, they broke up. That was a while ago. Mm, okay. Uh, that was a that was a big upset in the cuffing season. Mm. Uh, in the cuffing season sweepstakes. Um, 
Uh, Moneybag Yo apparently is fucking Ari Fletcher. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, they got into a, a, a heated argument that turned into a fight. And Moneybag Yo ripped Ari Fletcher's wig off. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, man. Let me tell you something. Ooh. No, 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 no. I don't have to know either of these people Ooh. or their music or what they do to uh, understand the relationship between black women and their hair. R.I.P. Moneybag Joe. <laughs> now here's wait. Now here's the funny part. So I just saw on, on Instagram earlier today. Now that should happen on Sunday night. As we're recording this, it is Friday night. Hmm. Moneybag Joe posted some posted some shit on Instagram where this nigga uh, pulled out all the stops. And gave this woman uh, the I'm sorry of her life. She walks in. Oh, she did the whole future thing with the hotel and the flower petals and candles everywhere. And uh, some, you know, what are these women like? A bag. Uh, Bought her a bag on the bed and all that shit. The the bath bomb ready in the the tub. Um... I guess it, I, I guess whatever happened is all passed up. Uh, that's why I love these young couples. I forgot. That's the one thing I. That's the one thing. One of the few things I miss about my twenties is that you forget how fast these couples work and make up and break up, break up and make up. Shit is all corny, man. Shit is. You remember Summer Walker in London broke up for like a week. He probably forgot to give her some Gucci that week. <laughs> you know, she's always excited when the nigga brings her bags and shit. I, you know what? I got opinions on that that I'm gonna keep to myself. <laughs> opinions oh. while buzzed. On a side note, have you seen the Galactahor page? No. Summer Walker has a page, uh, uh, an alternate Instagram page. This isn't a. Uh, Kevin Durant burner site is it no 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 everybody knows the summer walker called Galactahore and summer walker be wearing some mad racy shit and I'm almost certain London be holding the camera <laughs> I'm almost certain of it um, we got London on the camera <laughs> and if you didn't know better when you were searching for it, you would think it was like an anime site. And Summer Walker be wearing some racy shit, man. I mean, Summer Walker already wears racy shit. But, my God. I just have to say, I love this I love this new era of artists, man. I love this new era of women that are just owning all this shit. You have to scroll down a little bit. Man. Okay. Um, I am. Lo- oh, ah, see, I am loving this new era of artists that just—they don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with all the hot girl shit. Uh, shout out to Summer Walker, man. Um, I see. I just, just, thank you. Okay, there you go. Um, I forgot she was a stripper until this moment. What? She, it, 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 so is that really the story? Was she a stripper? Sir, you can't do that unless you are. 
Uh, yeah, she's quite talented. Um, on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, you were listening to Opinions While Black. I'm not listening. I'm looking. Right <laughs> sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Poor <laughs> This thing is really watching. I don't blame him. And we are back. Mm. We are black. Mm-hmm. We are opinionated, and mm-hmm. we are just drinking straight. It's, JB. It's, it's straight. We're looking at the bottom of the bottle. Oh yeah, we are. Mm. This is this is one of the best donations we've had to uh, the cause ever uh, since Hope Nick. <laughs> yeah, right. You, know, I got you know. I, I I have like a quarter of that shit at the house. Nah, we good. We can retire that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, it is oh, it is time for white people must be stopped. Skirt, skirt. Okay, so um, Barnes and Noble fucking up. Um, so here's what happened with Barnes and Noble. So Barnes and Noble was they were to drop uh, an initiative called Diverse Editions. Mm-hmm. Um, for I assume this was yes for Black History Month. Um, basically what what they were going to do was have uh, traditionally I guess predominantly white titles um, but special Barnes and Noble editions with uh, covers that kind of uh, race bend the characters black so for example Frankenstein looks like a black guy looks like Joel Embiid (laughs) Uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz uh, looks like a little black girl. Um, Peter Pan looks like a fucking black scarecrow. Looks fucking crazy. Moby Dick looks like Jeffrey Wright. (laughs) First of all, now you've put that in my head. Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright ought to go ahead and, and, and solidify his his time as a serious actor and just be Captain Ahab. Mm. I'm just saying, uh, this nigga didn't play the Dominican. Hey. You do want country flying nigga, Shaft. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, they did the, so they were on the, they were, they were well on their way to doing the rollout, mm-hmm. and um, some people had took issue with this. Lots of people. Plenty of people took issue with this. Um, and they went on and canceled the initiative. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. And they and they they did kind of a half-assed apology, um, and I will I will I will go ahead and quote what Slate has to say. Rather than challenging what's included in the classic canon, diverse edition simply repackages books by white authors while centering them during Black History Month. Uh, in a statement Wednesday announcing the suspension of the initiative, Barnes and Noble offered that diverse editions covers weren't meant to be a substitute for black voices or writers of color but that the booksellers who championed this initiative did so convinced that it would help drive engagement with these classic titles um hopefully Barnes and Noble um Barnes and Noble's next diversity initiative won't measure its success by engagement with classic novels but by actual diversity so I see both sides of this yeah 
on one hand, the covers look very cool. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're all black artists. If so, wonderful. Um, but yes, I do. As somebody who wrote a comic that made Peter Pan black, they made Peter Pan black. They made Peter Pan black. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at anything. The, the 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 art is actually really nice, and they took into and for once they took into uh, account what black people actually look like. And now that I'm looking at it, they do have a little bit of diversity. So there's an Alice in Wonderland with a she's the black and Native American. And there's one with a presumably Asian Alice yeah. in it as well. So I'm digging it I'm now, di- visually. Now the one complaint that people have here, which is relevant, is during Black History Month. We, we, we kind of want our own shit. Exactly. We don't really want to share the stage with everybody because everybody got their own month, too. Um, but, like I said, the covers look cool. It's a good first step. The other thing is, um, it would be great to utilize the same energy with black authors as right. well. Black authors, black art on the cover. I would like to see that. I think that's actually an easier thing to do to, uh, to celebrate African-American authors during Black History Month. But, you know, it is what it is. I can understand why they tried it. I can understand why people don't like it. There's a couple of reasons why they tried it. On the business side of why they tried it, Barnes & Noble is well known for their Barnes & Noble editions of popular books. Mm. Um, Most of the time, um, they are mid to slightly expensive, and then they are able to be resold in the collector's market. Um, at sometimes twice that price. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've seen, a, in, in, given the nature of my job, uh, I have seen a lot of Barnes and Noble editions come in and be worth uh, hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so, with that said, um, I think what they were doing here um, on the heels of. Uh, diverse content and people of color, particularly black people, uh, being a being marketable again, um, and you know everybody trying to get in on the diverse bag. They wanted to put out this line, yep. And five or ten years down the road, this is going to be worth a lot of money, uh, especially with some of these, uh, because this is the nature of Hollywood. Especially with some of these stories make the rounds again. You know we're going to see another Frankenstein movie. You know we're going to see another Wizard of Oz movie. Somebody's going to do Romeo and Juliet, and these are all and and these are all required reading, by the way. So somebody's going to want to get their kid the fancy version, right? And the collectors and the collectors' editions by they're going to be worth some ungodly amount. And um, so yeah, Barnes and Noble is trying to make more money off of that bag because. Their old collector's editions are starting to go out of fashion. Uh, so good try, Barnes and Noble. Uh, but Black History Month would be a wonderful time. There's so many good um, books by actual black authors uh, that could be featured. Um, uh, Children of Virtue and Vengeance, uh, the sequel to Children of Blood and Bone, which a lot of you people know, uh, which is very popular right now, is out. Um, uh, I forgot the I forgot the African author's name, but Tristan Strong punches a hole in the sky. 
Um, Octavia Butler stuff is about to come back into fashion because mm. uh, Amazon's working on that. We got a lot of good shit coming, man. So, um, your local bookstore, encourage your local bookstore to focus on those things for for uh, uh, Black History Month. Yep. Also, creatives. Yes. Creatives, Black History Month, sell your shit. Sell yourself. Sell your shit. Like, Whatever you've got going, pub that, man. Sell the fuck out of it. Sell the fuck out of your shit. We are marketable right now. We are extra marketable and profitable, and people want to be a part. People want to be in the us business right now. For 29 days this year, you got an extra day. And look, like I said, I I keep saying it. Racism is going to... uh, Racism is going to create some generational wealth out this motherfucker. Um, already has. It already has, and it's going to continue to do so. Take these white people's money. I can't stress that enough. Um, send your racist stories, your uh, real life racist stories, along with your listener letters, your questions for Randall and myself. Uh, send all those things to uh, opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. Opinionswhileblack.com or any of the uh, social media uh, accounts uh, you can follow us on, which are available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just go to opinionswhileblack.com. It's all there. It's a portal to all these things. Uh, We will be back to finish it off with the top three STFUs. You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. Yes. And Oz is drunk. I'm, I'm Liddy. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, this is how Friday should be. I'm good. Um, it is time for the top three STFUs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Uh, number three. One Onika Tanya Mirage is back on the list. Where's she been? Supposedly retired mm. with her uh, uh, statutory rapist uh, husband. Uh, husband. Oh, you know, musicians don't retire. Rappers don't retire. Sorry. That's kind of true. I never thought about that, but that is that is kind of true. You like there's either there's a demand for you or there's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you did. Um. So Nikki has gotten into it with Meek Mill. Uh, she started some shit. Apparently, uh, there was some post that someone posted about uh Nikki's rapist uh husband, mm. and Meek liked it. Fair enough. Did he say anything about it? He did not comment. He did not repost. He did not retweet. He just liked it. Just double tapped it. And Nikki fucking lost it. Um, And went off on this man on Twitter. Now, do we have the response? Uh, yeah, I got something somewhere. Blam. 
Now, I, I don't remember what exactly Nikki said. And I don't think it really matters, honestly. Uh, Meek Mill replies, You sad. You willing to crash your man because you losing now and everybody in the industry know you a bad person. You been knew your brother was raping that little girl. That's why I got away from you. The only way you can try to kill my career is to say I beat women. Talk about your brother convicted of rape and you and you been new and paid for his lawyer. Your little brother touched that little girl too. You know I know. You want me to crash your boyfriend and I won't. Uh, this is actually you crashing him. Yeah. I heard they I heard they ran into each other somewhere at a mall or some shit and almost got into it. Um Ain't no telling. Ain't no telling. I wouldn't be surprised after all this shit going on. You see, she came back with some even more salacious Nikki shit. Nikki says you beat your own sister and taped it, what? spit on her and taped it, what? kicked me in front of your in front of your mother and sent her to the hospital. Sucking Drake's dick made you feel tough again. Move on. Wow. Wow. There's a lot of venom there. Wow. Here's my thing. Nikki. Nicki Minaj might be the Onika Tanya Mirage might be the most thin-skinned artist in all of hip-hop. Could be. It's entirely possible. Because this man liked some shit and set you off. He didn't comment. He didn't say bars or facts or none of that shit. And set you the fuck off. In the industry, and I, I get it, she's always talking this thing about I'm human, I'm human, I'm human. In the industry, yeah, you have to have a slightly thicker skin. Got than to, that. got to. I work in customer service. I have to have a slightly thicker skin than most people. Um, I know that, and that's the responsibility I carry with my work in my job every day as a black man in America. Oh yes. I don't understand why you feel like you need to be treated any different than me. Um, and this is just more shit for her to talk about on Queen Radio, which nobody gives a fuck about it listens to um Nikki shut the fuck up honestly this is stupid you starting this beef out of this is stupid you going after a, a nigga whose face you already sat on is stupid mm. your husband ought to feel like a fucking asshole right now I mean he, I feel, he be, feels like being in an asshole right I now I wouldn't just sure. be I would just I wouldn't be sitting here just list just listening to you go off and go back and forth with an ex uh, with an ex nigga. What's he gonna do about it though? That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. He, he ain't gonna do shit. He's a slave to the bag. He ain't gonna do a motherfucking thing. Yeah, he 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 knows what side his bread is buttered on. He gonna shut the fuck up. I was I always get so much enjoyment watching celebrities argue with each other publicly. On Instagram, it brings me so much joy. It is fun. I'll I'll, I'll give it that. It is fun. Um, and I'm lying. I'm sick of that shit. I, I'm not gonna lie. As a loving hip hop fan, this shit makes me happy. Uh, now I now if any of this is true about him about him putting his hands on his sister or whatever, uh, that does not make me happy. Mm. Uh, the venom makes me happy. Yes, the venom is, is just. Because everybody wants to know, oh, oh, they fell down the stairs, and oh, they reminded us that they're human. No, the venom reminds us that they're yeah. human. She just needs to shut the fuck up. She really does, man. I, she it, was it, doing it, a good job of it for a while. It's I, getting old. I've forgotten that she was around. I, I wanted to. She's on RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know why. That still comes on? Yeah. It's, it's pretty popular 
in those circles. Um, but yeah, she they've brought her on. I don't know why. I don't know why they brought her on America's Got Talent. Um, is she part of America? Not the talented part. So yeah, Nikki, shut the fuck up. Number two, uh, one Calvin Brodus, aka Snoop Dogg. Snoop. Um, here's my problem with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg probably has some of the most cash shit to say about Gail King. Uh, after the interview with Lisa Leslie, um, he took to the internet to call her punk motherfucker a punk motherfucker that's pretty trash let me tell you something um for somebody for somebody who all of a sudden gives a fuck about uh rape and whether white men are raping or black men are raping and Snoop and 50 Cent have both gone on this weird quest after Oprah and Gayle King because they feel like they're just going after black men mm. Uh, who are may, who may be or definitely are rapists um, here's my thing about this if the only time we hear you talking about white men uh, who are rapists is when black men who are rapists are being spoken of you really <laughs> don't give a fuck at all you really don't give a fuck as much as you say you do and the difference between 50 and Snoop is that 50 probably knows this about himself Yes, uh, because he he may be a piece of shit, but he's a self aware piece of shit. Snoop, I don't think he has that much self awareness because he wouldn't have gone on this uh, on this pretend gangster ass rant, knowing that we don't take him seriously as a gangster rapper anymore. Nigga, you were just cooking booyah bays with Martha Stewart. Who the fuck is afraid of you? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Snoop. Shut the fuck up. Pick your battles, man. Pick your battles. Because, again, everyone, everyone, you know, no one wants their idols crushed. And I'm not saying Kobe was his idol, but obviously he he really fancied Kobe quite a bit. Right. For him to be defending him like this for something that I feel is relatively and, and this minor. Is- um, I'm sorry. No, go keep going. No, I'm just saying, I, I, for something like this, it's just, like it's not even... You gotta keep the same energy, dude. You have to. Like, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be a social justice warrior for rape victims, and uh, no, I'm sorry, for 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 your friends who are deceased and you have very fond memories of, you just also have to just keep the same energy, dude, and realize that, like we said at the beginning of the show, Gail King is a journalist. She has every right to ask that question, framed as. Does this innocent, with a clear understanding of what it was, do anything to mar his legacy? It doesn't warrant being called a punk motherfucker. <coughs> I know we don't like being reminded of, you know, people who have at other times falsely accused us. Um, and I know I'm pretty sure Stoop was reminded of his own issues with the law when doing so. But bro, it's it's. You just wanted something to react to, basically. Real talk. You wanted something to react to. I'm sure Martha Stewart has done much more damage than this young lady um, who convicted Kobe of, or or accused him of what he did. I'm drunk. 
So I'm rambling. <laughs> you have to stop. Me. <laughs> I th- I think and I think the thing is that these niggas are bringing into into uh, the light uh, an issue that that gets discussed a lot among uh, among the black community, and I hate I hate that real shit that we could discuss comes from fuck niggas. Mm. Um, if you want to have the discussion about whether Oprah is uh, or whether Oprah and Gail King are, um, I guess, showing favoritism uh, towards or turning a blind eye to their to their white rapist counterparts, um, I guess we can have that discussion. Um, my problem is, what do you want to come of that? Right. There are already documentaries about uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, there, and there are documentaries about a lot of these white uh, about a lot of these white rapists yeah. that don't get discussed. And uh, Elvis, very true. You know, and he he tried to throw in a little dart, saying that you know you and Oprah had posed with Harvey Weinstein before. Um, You've taken pictures with Donald Trump before. And now you talking about fuck Donald Trump? You got his head on the. On the and now you talking about fuck Trump? All you rappers have taken pictures with Donald Trump before. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to take from that? Mm. You know what I'm supposed to take from it? What's that? Calling for the release of Bill Cosby because obviously <laughs> that nigga show did. These two things are definitely related, right? Um. So not only should Snoop Dogg shut the fuck up. But that does, but that does take us into our 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 number one person that should shut the fuck up, Doctor William F. Cosby. <laughs> Y'all, in case you did not know, Bill Cosby has a Twitter account. Yeah. Why wow. in the unholy fuck does William F. Cosby have a Twitter account? Mm. Why? They're not giving him enough activities to do. They are not. I said this weeks ago. If if Bill Cosby has time to be concerned about things that are not happening in prison, mm-hmm. we are not making prison hard enough. Right. Especially for his old ass. We got to give him some fucking uh, activities. We got to make this nigga do, I'm telling you, they got to get the they got to get whatever nigga wrote saw <laughs> and put him to work on some activities just to keep this motherfucker going and to keep his attention on prison. I'm telling you, they all just have a random an alarm go off at random points in in his 24 hour day, where all the cells open up mm-hmm. and specific pipe hitting niggas just start chasing this motherfucker <laughs> around around the prison. Damn, and he can't ever stop running, or they will beat his ass. You know, I just want him to see a video feed on loop of niggas with their pants pants sagging. He has to learn all the words of pants on the ground. Mm. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants, pants on, on the, the ground. ground. He got to sing that shit while he's being chased. This is going to have three chases a day. Wow. I'm telling you, uh, the, the, and, and they're going to go, feed time. And the, all the all the bars are going to open up. And this thing just has to start running. And he's going to hear the Benny Hill music. And it's going to be three chases a day. They gonna plug him up so hard, man. <laughs> God, man. Nigga, hold my pocket and tell my favorite jokes, nigga. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like how the how the fuck do you have time to not only have Twitter, but to formulate a response to some shit 
This nigga tweeting Snoop Dogg on his burner phone. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you, Bill. Where you keep that phone, Bill? <laughs> I know where the fuck he keeping it. That's not even his phone. I'm telling you, it's somebody else's phone. He just he just signs in on that account when Supreme ain't looking. Yeah. I'm telling you. Supreme uh, watching his minutes though. <laughs> hey Bill, you got two more minutes my month this month, my nigga. <laughs> so uh Bill, stop using that man's daytime minutes. <laughs> and shut the fuck up. You man, shut the free nights and weekends fuck up. <laughs> Shut the family and friends playing fuck up. <laughs> Shit. Oh, D Randall, have we done a podcast? We have survived it. We have definitely done a drunk ass podcast this week. Um Team Oz, as always, thank you so much for your uh never ending support, uh, for your uh listening for your for your just being involved and being a savvy audience. I love y'all to death. We are still a five star podcast. Still. I don't know how we are pulling this off, but we are still a five-star podcast, and I am amazed. Y'all either got low standards or y'all really like us. (laughs) Real talk. Um, I answered someone's question on social media, but um, merch is coming. Oh, which reminds me. I promise, promise, promise. When I dry up a little bit tonight, I am going to send you the designs I have. Yes. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, So you heard it here. Merch is on the way. Uh, definitely want to get that first quarter. Want to get that first quarter merch to you. Uh, want to uh, if you want to get it on for your hot girl summers or your hot boy summers, whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, other than that, I guess I got nothing for right now. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Do not keep opinions while black a secret mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is how black content stays alive. Through savvy audiences, through smart audiences, and through word of mouth. And we love you every single day for it. And that's why we keep doing this. Um, so until next week, where there will be more foolishness and fuckery, this has been episode 76 yes. of Opinions Wild Black. I have been Oz. I hopefully am D. Randall. And as always, forever in parting, titties.